Hey guys, Paul Reddick here. Welcome to the Baseball Dads Podcast. The world of baseball and the youth and especially the high school game is changing so rapidly. These rapid changes are bringing about a lot of confusion, a lot of frustration for today's parents that are trying to bring their son up in the game. So the purpose of this podcast is to use the experience of dads who have already gone through this journey and have navigated it successfully so we could take aim at that confusion and frustration and knock it out. We're going to talk to these dads about what they did right, about what they did wrong, what they would do more of, what they would do less of, and they're going to give you their advice for today's parents that are going through this game. So stay tuned for today's podcast. And make sure you go to BaseballDadsNewsletter.com where you can get a free trial in our monthly Baseball Dads Newsletter. So without any further delay, let's get on to today's show. Everyone, welcome to another edition of the Baseball Dads Podcast. Today we have Darren Nicholson who runs a program called The Hit Lab. And uh, he's going to share with us a lot of stuff about not only what he's done in in youth development in, in youth baseball, but also with his own son. So Darren, welcome to the show. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate it. Great to be here. Oh, thanks. Thanks for being here. Uh, why don't you give give everybody like kind of the background? Uh, tell us about what you have going on and, and your whole story. Yeah, yeah, I'd be glad to. So uh, I guess to frame it, I'll back it all the way up. I was I was uh, born and raised in Redondo Beach, California, where I played baseball from the time I was six years old all the way through the collegiate level at both junior college, LA Harbor College, then Chico State University. I'm one of uh, four boys where we all played baseball and have a awesome dad that I actually just lost on December 11th, unfortunately. Oh. That was really, yeah, yeah. So this is really, this is actually really, really something that is near and dear to me to be able to share with baseball dads because I got to be a part of my dad, who was a great baseball dad all these years, to be able to share that. So, um, yeah, I saw that. Uh, uh, one of my older brothers, Don, played baseball at UC Irvine. So I remember packing up in the 80s to drive up the 405 freeway to go watch him play Division One baseball when I was, you know, eight, 8 to 11 years old and get to see a lot of great players run around all these cool ballparks with my little brother. Who, uh, my little brother Derek, who also played at uh, University of Florida, went to Omaha with them. I got the uh, honor to play one year in junior college at L.A. Harbor with him, and he played 13 years pro. So this is definitely wow. a, a baseball family that we came from. And after my playing career was over in college, I got an opportunity to scout through a friend of mine, uh, Mike Kendall, who's Jason Kendall's brother, and help mm-hmm. him out up here in Northern California. I really got into it. Uh, one of the cool parts about it was, that was how, you know, at the time I had no idea you could actually take money for teaching a kid how to hit. I was just thought it was right. probably a deal, you know. So, right. but, but this was, you know, like Silicon Valley, best economy ever in the Bay Area when I went from Chico to uh, the Bay Area and then was like, wow, this is great. And, you know, at the, that's when, you know, kind of the business side of this began, um, after my, scouting career got done with the Pirates, I went over and helped out other organizations as a consultant like Perfect Game and Baseball Factory when they were coming out west in the early 2000s. So that was great. And then that was when I really started my own programs out here in uh, the San Francisco Bay Area. After that had, had been rolling on, you know, I just I just saw travel ball and training and all the places it was going. And just kind of stuck to my guns throughout the throughout the course of it, and mm-hmm. and 
from 2000 till now, believe me, I have seen a lot of guys come and go in this business, just yeah. as you have, Paul. Yes. You know, and, yep. yeah. and, and I, and I have seen you in it, in it all this time, which has been awesome. So, yeah. uh, to be able to, to be able to frame it from, from that direction, it was, it was building up programs. I had a program out here in Danville that was highly developmental, that was no cuts, uh, I, I suppose it was travel. We did tournaments, and we had pro coaches, and I brought in great coaches to be able to instruct the kids at our own field. But it was a really successful program that developed a bunch of high school players that went on to college players, including a you know number one draft pick, Mark Mark Appel from Stanford University as well. So I was really really proud of that to be able to see that. But I'm most proud of the relationships I got to build along the way to, from seeing these kids. And now some of these guys are actually coaching with me. Um, within that time, I got a chance to meet some really great people in the area, one of them being Greg Jeffries, who, uh, the former big leaguer, who we had been sure. partners in a, in a facility together there for a few years before he wanted to go back and be closer to his son down in Southern California and move down there. So that's when he left over there. Still one of my mentors in this game and a great guy and also a very good baseball dad who I got to connect you guys because he'd love to talk to you guys on this one because he's he's definitely a good baseball dad and he's got a great baseball dad um but after Greg had left I started started up hit lab which has been two years now that's an indoor facility in Dublin and you know 35 miles east of San Francisco we've got a real good base of Kids that come from our, from our area, but like a lot of areas that are good economy, good athletics, all those different things, there's a lot of saturation in the market. And right. one of the things that, that we do different is we, one, we, you want to show up and learn, we're going to, we're going to take you. We want to work with you. Two is we don't get caught up in the, the one on, we, you got to show up and do an expensive one on one. We, don't let the money part of it really get in the way. But what we do have is a lot of programs where we allow kids to show up a lot. And by showing up a lot, that means, you know, hey, this game is very hard, and we want to give you a place where you can come with your dad. You can come to a class. You can come just walk in and find an instructor and say, hey, hey, coach, can I work on this? This is the place that we've developed. And, you know, my goal with Hit Lab was to make this super collaborative with some of the best coaches in the area. I mean, um, I have I have some awesome guys, guys like Matt Lyle, with a, the, who's got a huge online presence. He operates out of my place. Sure. Uh, Jerry Brewer, who's another great online hitting coach. Um, Nate Trotsky and I do a ton of work together. So I've really identified some awesome guys out here in California that we're just really trying to contribute to the game as much as we possibly can, where it's not just one program. It's a collective whole in how this goes. But uh, it's been it's been a real big success since we've opened it. I've you know the cool part now is I get to with all these young guys that are jumping in the coaching foray. I've really been more of a mentor to them and setting these things up so I can go be a little league dad, you know, which I'm really fired up about this year. I've got two sons, Jake and Lincoln. Jake's 12, Lincoln's 10. You know, Jake's in his 12 year old All Star year. Lincoln's moving his way up the stack, so. I'm fired up to be a little league dad at this point, you know, and just really stay close to the game with all the other business endeavors that we have with Hit Lab. You know, well, first that's awesome. 
No, no, number two, I I love to connect with with Greg Jeffries. We've, we've I've had a few people kind of uh, that are connected with him, so it's all you know, just a matter of time. But so there's there was uh, you know I remember being uh, maybe like 14 years old and being a, a a Mets fan when I was younger, and then when I went to work for Yogi, I kind of became a converted by obligation, you know, a Yankee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And but but at that time, you know, at that time that when. They were, he was like the uh, Greg Jeffries was like, you know, the Mets kind of went through a, a little bit of a dark period there, and so to be okay. a Mets fan when I was like twelve was awesome because they won the World Series and you know you thought all this was happening to me, you know, like the, the, my team yeah. at twelve years old is winning the World Series, and and they and and they went through this period and Greg Jeffries was like, you know, wow, this is. This is the guy, he, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all happening again. So there was a lot of excitement. I remember having a Greg Jeffries folder in my Trapper Keeper. Uh, oh, big so, Yeah, with the top, <laughs> the top baseball card of it. Top yep. baseball card, yeah. Yep. Again. You know, and it's funny, though, but, you know, as much as, as we're around people that, um, uh, you know, working for Yogi, got to be around some legendary people. I remember uh, uh, meeting Dwight Gooden. And uh, and just being like, you remember when you won the World Series in '86? Oh yeah, yeah, that, that was awesome. Dude. You know, remember that? Yeah, he, <laughs> he was. My, well, it's funny. He was he was actually a neighbor of my little brothers in Tampa at one point yeah. when he was playing in the minors. So yeah, just yeah, just awesome. Yeah, it was really, really, really you know awesome to be around Greg in the game for so long and his dad. And you know, one of the things yeah. is. His dad, Rich, deserves a lot of credit because he's also got a brother, Dean, who is also a great player. That he put a lot of time into those guys, you know, in learning. Because mm-hmm. Rich was a former minor league player and just, but a also a coach that did PE and football and all those, all the things, the swimming in the water, hitting the bottle caps, any little edge that right. he could have. Greg did, and you know, I'm talking to his coaches. You know, you, you, he was a real baseball protege, if that exists. Yeah. You know, and there's only. Yeah. A few of them that you've come come through, and that's why you know he had, had a lot of popularity. But learned a lot from him, which is great. And that's one of the one of the takebacks I'm sure, like you have, Paul, when you've worked with Yogi and all these greats, is that when your ears stay open and your mouth stays shut, you can really you gain almost a master's degree in this game. You know, you right. get you know you know one of my dad's best friends is 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 Doc with Doc Ellis the. The former big leaguer for the Pirates, who you know, you could sit down with him, and he, he in his hilarious way, and because he was as genuine as you could find it as a big leaguer, even from you know all his off-field antics, guy was guy was awesome. But it's just a wealth of knowledge when you just sat and listened to him. And yeah. you know, it could be any given time, but just a couple little nuggets about this game is what we want to be able to share. And so that's that's kind of what the the Hit Lab has always been about when we've when we've been doing this. So that's the that's the fun part about being able to share the stories like that because we're about from the, that same era, and man oh man you know I mean it's funny you talk about the Mets I got a actually got a call from Lenny Dykstra about coming to do a book signing at my place and I was like freaking out because that was my guy <laughs> Lenny, Dykstra, Lenny Dykstra and the Phillies you know those guys were even growing up a Dodger fan I just really really loved him the way he played and you know I could I could associate with that I was like hey I'm a smaller guy I could do that too. You know, which was a, yeah. which was a cool thing to see. So here's what I want to ask you, and and I, I yep. find that people that go through, um, there there are, I run into all kinds. 
from the baseball world. And I find that there are some people that kind of um, everybody gets thrown into this blender, you know, of baseball at some point. And then some people get spit out and they go down like the dark side, you know, where they kind of get caught up in the tournament and winning and all that kind of kind of stuff. And then there's this other this other um, category of coach, which I think you fall into, where you've kind of you've seen it from a playing perspective, a college collegiate perspective. You've seen it as a dad. You've seen it now being associated with major league players. But then you decide to go in another direction. You know, and there's something that you know that that you say like you have a no cut policy. You open the doors. When was that shift for you? Because I know when it was for me. You know, as far as saying, okay, uh, I, I can make a choice here. Like I can be that guy that I, I can get 15 kids together who are just genetically gifted, put them on a team, go kick everybody's butt, and take credit for it. I can do that. But it's yeah. just not. It's just not. You know, we see that there's something bigger there. When was that shift for you? It was. Gosh, it was early, early, um, early when I started getting into. You know, I guess the professional side of coaching, doing teams and that, that sort of thing. And it was. It was very conscious when the decision was made because one. Uh, there's a lot there's a lot more kids that need work than there are studs. That's one thing I knew. From scouting, absolutely. You know, there would be guys that I would I would have an affinity for that I'd go watch play and be like, you know what, that's not a guy I can report, but God I'd love to work with that kid and get him going. And when I first started that that the you know, the program that we had, which was Daniel Diablos at the time, it was you know, we weren't we were you know, there were better programs in our area. The, the studs all, you know, were at other programs that were around, but I would take the guys that wanted to come do it. And what you saw was when you gave them a sense of, one, being on a team, and two, that you actually care, that's huge. Because then you're going to get, you're, you're already, you're already making that kid 25% better. You know, I mean, that's, that's the bottom line with it. And, you know, and I will also say that was one conscious decision that on the, on the business side, I knew that I could do better by, you know, not having to go after the studs and chase get kids. Cause there was a point I've even told a kid, look, I, I don't, I'm not going to chase this, uh, teenager to come play on my team. So right, you can right, right. take it or leave it. <laughs> you know, this is it. You know? Yeah. And I just, I mean, and you know, you know, and it's one of those things where you see, and I've seen it like I, like you have. You have seen it all the way through the years. You know, you've got the overzealous dad who's been awesome in Little League, and he's got the team, and we're going to Williamsport. Now we're going to go play for, you know, God knows whatever at 13 and 14. But in the end, most of these kids end up in the same place. So it's about what's going to be. Who are the people? I think that's one of the biggest things. Who are the mentors? Who are the people that are involved with these kids? I mean, I could tell you, for me right now, I mean, I've got some friends within my network that I grew up with, guys like Teddy Silva, pitching coach at Nebraska, Jay Ullman, uh, associate head coach at University of Oregon, dudes I grew up with, you know, my little brother, Morgan Ensberg, we had great models growing up of of baseball people that allowed us to be ourselves in doing this. 
rather than anybody trying to posture, anybody trying to ego us into doing things. That's what allowed my little generation in, in the South Bay of Los Angeles to be really good. So that decision was made real early to answer the question a long way around. But on the, the, and on the other side, you know, I was growing a business at this time. I absolutely knew there was more kids in, that needed development than there were the studs. And mind you, I've had studs walk through my doors thinking, oh, these guys are great coaches. And they leave. They're, ba- they're done in, they're done in whenever. And, but I've made it real transparent to the parents. Hey, this is what we are about. If your son, yeah, he's, he's on his way. He's this guy. If he wants to learn, he wants to get after it, I, we welcome him. You know, but I can, I, and just like you, I'm sure you can sniff out that kid and parent a mile away. But, you know, pretty soon they're not showing the practice. He's suddenly not buying in and poof, he's gone. I got to go play with a bunch of other studs like me because I'm, Legit, whatever. So, right. so take it or leave it. <laughs> so that was that was it to be able to make that happen. I also wonder. I want to get your thoughts on this. I'm working on something that'll uh, a new video, and I tend to take this one. I, I need to take a little bit more time with because I have to do some research. But um, I'm, I'm not done with my research yet. But to, to the best of my knowledge, I have a pretty good grasp of how many games Nolan Ryan pitched from age seven to eight. Until age 18, and he was drafted, and um, you know, I can never, I obviously can never pinpoint how often he threw in the backyard and stuff like that. But I, I, I'm yeah, pretty good. That's pretty, a good one. All, yeah, all evidence. I, I, I've got it. I'm just, I'm just not, I'm just not there yet to say 100. percent But even if I'm half wrong, the difference is that you know we. Nolan Ryan played, uh, you know, Little League, High School, American Legion, at all the evidence points. And, yes, we can make an argument that he threw a lot in the farm and in the backyard and all that kind of stuff, but the difference is, is that when he got tired of throwing in the backyard, he could stop. And there's a difference between throwing in the backyard and stopping and being in the middle of a tournament and being tired and having to keep pitching. Long setup for this question is, I wonder if we were if 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 uh, if the, to the parents that are listening today, if Nolan Ryan was born today, would he be Nolan Ryan forty seven years from now? You know, if we got Barry uh, on, you know, today, would he be? Would he have now? Forget you know, forget all the other stuff. Barry Bonds, he was still great. You know, would would we develop them today? Um, and I think when we think about that. Uh, th- to me, that changes, you know, that, that, that's what I'm trying to do with this video when I get ready with it is really to, you know, to always leave the question and saying, hmm, if, 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 if nine-year-old Nolan Ryan came through my door, would I run him out in 30 tournaments this year? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, well, let's, I mean, let's, you know, let's, let's reach forward over here and, um, right. This is this is actually pretty cool because it was a conversation I had with John Baker, the assistant GM for the Cubs, who lives near me and brings guys to work out at my place. And he's a former big leaguer, off, you know, not a not a little league dad yet, but he's got girls. But guy would guy's an awesome dude to talk to. And we were talking about you know pitchers today, and he just said that up and down the stack with the Cubs, they just have just the most incredible arms. And he said just, but that's. That's almost status quo nowadays with what's out there. 
He said, just, but the problem is the health, you know? Right. Those guys in the seven, those guys, it's a, you know, I I tried to make a correlation. We were talking about the mental side of the game, and I was just making a correlation between what guys were going through in the 70s when sports psychology wasn't even really in the forefront. Some were using it, some were not. And But on the flip side, these guys had to keep playing because this was a job, and there wasn't millions of dollars right. in it. You know, right. there were dudes that worked, you know, had to work in the off season. Oh, sure, Yogi worked in support. the off season. Yeah, to support their families, to be able to do this. And so that was a different day and age. Now you've got, if you've got that kid that, you know, could be a Nolan Ryan, well, the other thing, too, I look at is him growing up, Nolan probably worked a bunch. I think his dad was had something to do with cattle or farming or something like that from yep. the story. So there was, yep. he actually had a lot of physical labor going on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in Texas, is, is sociologically, are, we, are those kids still still performing the phys- physical labor like they once did, I'm not sure. So that's one of the one of the other things that goes along with it because I think there's a bunch of other dynamics that happen that you're looking at. Because, like, Barry, yeah, absolutely. Barry, Barry would still be great. Barry would probably be even – he might have been one of those, you know, he might be our LeBron, you know, type guy that's, that would be in the big leagues by 19. He wouldn't have gone to – he probably wouldn't have gone to college. He was a little raw at the time. And this is from Greg, who, of course, was his high school teammate, that it said, you know, he was a little raw at the time, you know, wanting to go to college, go to Arizona State and learn a little bit more and get better. And, you know, he turned out to be a god, you know, and he already was, you know, growing up. But right. uh, but in those in those cases, it's interesting because you could take a look at all, but on the flip side, also take that athlete, take that work ethic, take that determination to the knowledge that they have today and the what we – absolutely know about our bodies and our arms and how we can care for them, who knows? Who knows what what Nolan Ryan may have become in that sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then yeah. you get get them with good people to listen and be like, hey, you know what? I do have to shut it down. Or you know what? I am going to go right. play football. I'm, I'm going to go play basketball or soccer. Cool. Right. Would we have burned or, those guys out? You know, are we burning out the, the Barry Bonds of you know, 12 years from now. So by the time Barry Bonds and Nolan Ryan were 18, would have been, been like, I'm too tired, you know, I want to go do something else with my life, you know, or did, or was there, did, did, you know, did we burn that out or did we, you know, well, yeah, build well, that hunger well, in that, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think, I think a lot of it has been burnout, you know, in this, because kids aren't that interested in, you know, spending a weekend at a complex where they got to play four games and the last two are just grind, you know, to be able to mentally make them happen. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing because you go to Latin America, give those kids that opportunity all day long. They're there. Right, right. So, but that's 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 a different mindset of what they've got, you know, over there compared to here. But the burn, I've, I mean, I've seen, I've seen some, I mean, from, from my area back over here, it's been one of the most incredible things. You know, I remember, you know, seeing Philadelphia Eagles, you know, tight end Zach Ertz playing baseball. And I was like, that kid is on his way to getting drafted. And he absolutely was. But he was just in the wrong sport. Yeah. You know, right. the football team right. sure did make it interesting for him. And it all worked out great for him. But there is that burnout factor that takes place because you're, the fun factor doesn't necessarily resonate. And it does have to be joy, because then, then you've got your joy and expectation that at some point, because the burnout factor turned into fear and desperation, 
And now it's like, right. wow, man, I gotta win this show. What if we lose all those things? I mean, that's why I've really, for my sons, it's been really, I've really kept them out of the whole travel ball game at a youth level because one, I care about little league baseball. And I think it's a very good Great community, institu- community yep. institution that's played with some good rules. And they say, people call it real baseball. And I say, or when, when they say, oh, you mean, so you can go to travel and play real baseball. I'm like, real baseball compared to what? You know, and they can't answer that. If I say that, compared to what? You mean like the big leagues? Real baseball? College? Real baseball? He says, yeah, you don't see, that's different. That's a different game. What you're doing on weekends and running up scores and pitch counts is not real baseball to me. And I've been around this a long time. So, trophies, you know, find trophies and, and medals and, and all that kind of good stuff. There we go, Paul, back to your unqualified coaches. And so, you know, and if you are one of those guys, God bless you, you know, because you're still spending time with kids. And that's always something that I admire no matter what way, shape, or form. And it's funny because I've talked to buddies of mine that that are Division One coaches, Jay Ullman being one of them, whose sons, who's got two sons, and he's playing, he's out at a Little League game. And, you know, in Eugene, Oregon, when you're a coach for the Ducks, man, you are – you're like a big league manager, basically. Mm-hmm. And he comes out to see his game, and, you know, he's got coaches coming up to him, Coach, what should we do? And then he steps back and goes, hey, man, I'm just here to watch. You guys are doing great. You're here with the kids all the time. Keep it up. That's right, it. Right, right, And I thought that was one of the most best answers he could have ever given that, you know, I, I was able to learn from talking to a buddy of mine just about parenting. <laughs> yeah. And we're just lucky we got to do it in the constructs of the game we love. So there's a lot of parents listening that are everywhere on the, on the map, you know, from 7 to 17 years old. You're kind of in here in this every day. You're hearing from a lot of people. You're coaching a lot of kids. And, and you have a dad that says, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm walking this tightrope of I, want, I don't want to be one of those dads. And I don't want to be one of those, you know, guys that seems like to be a manager for their kid. But then again, I also don't want to be so – kind of, um, uh, you know, soft about it that I don't give my kid the opportunities and make the best uh, of whatever ability he has. What yeah. advice would you have to those parents? How do they walk that line? I do it every day with my kids because they, you know, they are good baseball players, but they they love the fun factor of going out and playing it. I like to – I like to – I like to absolutely – I'd rather have them go see buddies and play wiffle ball a bunch before them, you know, coming in, structuring a, you know, hitting session at my facility. And so it's, it's very delicate because, you one, you've got – these kids got a lot to do, okay? And if, I'm, if I know my kids got ability and I know i got to get them somewhere, it is your responsibility as a parent to at least work on that, on that opportunity. By working on that opportunity, meaning saying, hey, we're going to go – over to Hit Lab to this class, go, you know, and go, go check that. He may be hemming and hawing, but when he gets there and he goes into a warm up and he starts crushing a couple balls, he's a different dude. And you know it. You gotta have some confidence in your, in yourself that that's gonna be different. If he's abs- and you'll know as a parent that if he's absolutely done with it, can't handle it, you know, just loathing this, you will know. I mean, that's, that's, that's an innate human wavelength that we can all share. But, but if you do take them and get them going and just move them in the right direction, it's 
it's surprising how quickly they turn, you know. And if you're willing to say, hey, let's, hey, I want to, let's go out and play some wiffle ball. I mean, it's one of those things that, like, my kids, they love that MLB 2016 on Xbox. And I'm like, oh, video games, no, video games, come on. But, you know, and I'm like, I'm sitting here watching this, and if you take this as a study, it's a, it's, this is something that I think millennials are going to come up with. So I play, I'm looking at playing my son, and he's explaining to me about all these great players that he's got on his team and what their strengths and weaknesses are. He buys them in packs online and, you know, bangs my credit card for 99 cents every time he wants right, to get right. them. And I'm like, dude, right. what's going on here? <laughs> but then he's like sitting there going, well, I moved Mike Schmidt over to first because Manny Machado has more range. And when we see left-handed pitching, I can move Anthony Rizzo to the bench who doesn't do very well off this. I'm like, whoa, you just, <laughs> you just broke down what, you know, scouts have probably tried, you know, 50 years ago couldn't do, you know, over the phone on big league players on all this stuff. And you just did it in one video game back over here. Right. So, right, right, so right. there was, there is that fun factor that we share with the game to be able to do that. So for dads that are in that place, walking that type like, finding some fun factor with it. Like, you know, if I sit there and and tell my kids, hey, let's let's go over to Hit Lab and they may be, oh man, I don't know. You know, come help me do some stuff over there. And I'd sit there and say, All right, let's I'll uh I'm gonna I'm gonna bust out the radar gun. Let's see how fast you can throw it or hit it. Okay, we're done. We're it. You know, let's play we'll right. we'll play indoor baseball for a little bit. We're in. You know, right. pretty soon pretty soon that, that wiffle ball bat becomes their they're regular bat, and they're taking some hacks. Pretty soon that trying to light up the gun turns into good mechanics and trying to throw a good pitch. And that's been what's successful for me. And But I think it, it takes you you as a parent coming from a place where, hey, it ain't about me. It's about you. And I'm not doing this because I want to, you know, be the, be the guy who's going to be your manager all the way to the big leagues. I just want want to be your dad and give you an opportunity and that was that's like the awesome part that my dad did for all for all of us we just he just gave us the opportunity to be able to do this and we turned out turned out we loved it and you know i I shoot my kids even myself i have different we we still skateboard we go to the skate park a bunch growing up in southern cal that was big you know (laughs) you know four wheels and your and your bat bag to the game man that was that was common but yeah, it's one of those things that, as a dad, if you could just take take that take that five percent more responsibility that says, "Hey, this isn't about me; it's about him." And how do I get him to be able to do this? Because I know he's got ability or at least a joy in it. I mean, on the flip side, I see kids with zero ability that come through my place. That I sit there and I tell their parents, "They're like, hey, look, even even if he's not there now, he can get better at this game and have a great time doing this." Just buy into right. this process of being able to do it. And it's not because, it's not even because I necessarily, you know, want their money. I, shoot, I, the kid could come for free if he wanted. But it's about, you know, that kid, one, you look at, some kids don't have a physical outlet, you know, in this day and age. Baseball is a great one to be able to do, concentration and teamwork, all those different things. So if, if parents just take, Take that, and I think it's it's just about five percent more responsibility with it. That's it to be able to say, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be all about you. And if it doesn't work, hey man, 
there's plenty of great things. I mean, this generation's going to do incredible things the next 50 years. So I'm hopeful for that. Yeah, absolutely. I always ask everybody who's on uh, on the podcast. Baseball provides us seem, more so than any other sport with like these magic moments, you know, that we kind of that stay with us for a long time. Is there a magic moment either in your coaching or career that you want to share? Oh, I mean, so many, so many. I'm I am absolutely owed. I I owe this game everything, you know, and and really, really. Thank, thank my dad, and which I've done a ton of times in his passing for, for getting me involved and keeping us going with this. You know, in the, in the 70s and 80s, being involved in it like we did. Magic moment. A lot of them. You know, getting to, I mean, team, team wins. Team wins are it. If I've got a personal one, if I've got an absolute personal one, it would be, uh, at Chico State University playing playing in a game where I think we got down like 11 runs. We took our team real lightly. You know, I think we had like a another club came from a different con- conference, took them real lightly, and we just strapped our way back over the course of nine innings, and Coach Lindsey Meggs bought into that. You know, he really, you know, enforced that with us, and he's, you know, now at University of Washington in the Pac-12 and has had a phenomenal career, you know, since Chico State. But, uh Lead off the lead off the inning. I see this closer. He's he's got some pretty good juice, and and I'm and one of our big deals at Chico State was man, we we love getting drilled. <laughs> you know, I mean, right. it wasn't the most pro way to play, but it really won a lot of good college baseball games, especially in the late '90s when man, you could lean in any pitch and the umpires would give it to you just as <laughs> a time that you had some toughness. So I get I'm watching this. I'm going, hey, I'm gonna. I'm going to kind of show drag and see if I can get the third base in the move. I had a little game plan, but I was taken until I got a strike. First pitch drills me in the head. I mean, a good, good one in the head. And I just wear it and hustle my butt to first. Now, mind you, all I hear is a ringing in my head. And I am kind of sitting there going like, I can't believe this. What's going on here? And so I'm at first and Next thing I see, absolutely, next guy's going to sack me over. Next guy sacks me sacks me over. I get to second base, and my good buddy, Tim Harrison, who was my roommate that went up to Chico State with me after he transferred from Long Beach State, and I grew up in Redondo playing a bunch, knocks me in for the winning run. We're mobbing at home plate. I can't hear anything. I just see voices going, but I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. And when I finally could regain my hearing, you know, Coach Meggs gave me one of the best compliments ever, which was, you know, hey, we won that game because – we had one guy willing to put you guys in winning as a team ahead of everything that he put his head in front of a ball. So that's why we, how we win these things. So he actually, we still talk about that when he comes out to the Bay Area to, to watch his dudes play, and it's a good one. But then, I mean, on the flip side, you know, see, seeing your son, you know, playing, playing there, you know, my, I got to witness my son's Jake's first bombs, you know. I see my son Lincoln square up a ball, you know, against older players. You know, those are huge moments in the game. Getting to watch my little brother, you know, in Omaha, you know, crush balls all the time. You know, all those, all those little things. I mean, I mean, one thing with, you know, my little brother actually had a walk-off hit in the, in the, uh, 
Hall of Fame game in 2002 against the Red Sox after they, you know, or I think 2005. Yeah, yeah, I got to play in that game, you know, at that exhibition game with the big leaguers and had a walk-off knock. I mean, it goes, <laughs> it goes on and on with it to be able to see this. I mean, and then plenty of, plenty of little moments. I mean, for me personally, I like, I, I love seeing the moments that, that are minor because this game is about minor details. You know, right. one of them, recently stands out in my mind about this game that's a, a moment that didn't happen on a field for me but happened in my facility. But it took about mm, 12 years to develop this moment. And um, so I'm – so if you know Matt Lyle, he's worked with a ton of pro guys. So on Tuesdays he's got – I mean, you you and any given Tuesday at Hit Lab, you can see awesome – you know, from Daniel Descalso, Mitch Hanniger – Jacques Peterson, you know, some of the up-and-comers, Jacob Gatewood, you know, I mean, you've got some incredible dudes coming in yakking at my place, which I'm really, really proud of that, that Matt's doing such great work. And um, so anyway, I'm I'm just kind of hanging out, watching these guys hit, helping out any which way I can, and, you know, listening, seeing what they're working on. And this, you know, little dude comes in, he's got the he's got the hipster beard and kind of the big league hair and and he looks familiar, and I'm like, wow, I know that guy. Who is he? And he comes in, starts stretching out, taking the packs. I don't really know him. Comes up to me. He's like, hey, are you Darren? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you remember you were my hitting coach. I was, you know, you were – I was like, oh, my God, Michael Miller. I remember 12 years old to about 14, man, you were that quiet kid that we just right. worked at it and grinded. And, you know, you'd come guest play on, on my teams, and, you know, you were nervous about making the high school team. And I told you, don't worry about it. Well, anyway, I, you know, I knew this kid. It had a great high school career. I think he graduated in like 07, and then he goes off to Cuesta College, a, a junior college down in, down in Southern Cal, and, and just, we just kind of lose contact. And so I, I just like, oh, awesome. Then I'm like, hey, how'd it go? What, and I'm thinking, you know, A-ball scrub. And I'm like, hey, what, what'd you, what, what, what level did you end up last year? And he's like, hmm, majors. I'm like, all right, man, and I'm taking that. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like playing it cool, but like, all right, man. Well, well, let's see. Yeah, anytime you want to come hit, you know, have a good conversation. Dad comes in, who was with him, and I got to see him after so many years. We used to have great conversations, and I go online. I'm like, oh my god, he did. He got called up. He grinded his way through the minors, and I lost touch with him. You know, about 19 years old, but he's 26 now. Got called up with the Red Sox, Mike Miller. Great kid, fantastic, hard worker, just great. awesome dude. I mean, like, you know, usually you think about, you know, those dudes that you're like, oh, I know that guy, my guy's going to make the big leagues, all this stuff, but it's crazy how the game works in, that, in those situations. The flash forward, I get to, you know, reconnect with this kid in, in my place at the time I was working at, at another guy's place. And, uh, it was just, it was just, that was just, that was a very, very, very cool baseball moment, without a doubt. That's awesome. Amongst amongst many of them, that was one that is still fresh in my mind. That I I man, I've been telling. I talked to Nate Trotsky about this the other day, and he was like, "Oh my god, that's that's incredible." You know, so that's I awesome. wish. Yeah, so Michael Miller, pulling pull for him. <laughs> baseball dads, the guy's awesome. So. All right. So why don't you to, to wrap up? Why don't you give people a way to get in touch with you if they want to come train with you? You got a lot of 
great coaches there, guys I certainly have a lot of respect for. Um, how would they get in touch with you? And, just, and give all the details where you're located and everything like that. Yeah, you bet. Uh, Hit Lab Sport is the website. So if you go to www.hitlabsport.com, you can find my contact info, my email, cell phone, all the social media. Definitely got them all from uh, – you can find the – Twitter, you can find Instagram, you can find Facebook, all those different areas. I'm definitely love to connect. You can connect on on Facebook on HitLab. Um, you can also find um, find us with uh, also TeamAPScalifornia.com, which is also a, a also a college recruiting uh, service that we do over at my place that helps kids. And one of the things that's really cool about this is you guys give an insight into the college recruiting game. So we do that a ton with our guys. So lots of different ways to connect with us. We're located in Dublin, California, 7106 Village Parkway, uh, right next to the freeway, next, right next to the 680, down the street from Dublin High, behind Platinum Fitness. We welcome you. If you're a Little League dad, anybody, you want to come in and just come check it out. You want to, you don't have to buy anything. Just come and check us out. See what's going on. Introduce yourself. Um, any given day, you, you you can see a little leaguer working out with a big leaguer, which is one of the things I'm most proud of because it's uh, one of those places where that still exists, and I hope to keep that keep that going for years and years to come. Awesome. All right, Darren. Well, I appreciate you being on, and uh, people that are in the area or traveling through um, that section of California, go ahead and look uh, look Darren up and. Um, Darren, we'll be following your progress as you go. So I appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Paul, and thanks to all the baseball dads out there. Let's make this another great, great spring. Let's make it better than ever. Hey, guys, it's Paul again. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. We really hope you got a lot out of it. We have so much more to come for you. And thank you so much for trusting us with your baseball education and also the development with your child. It's something that we take very seriously and really means the world to me and the rest of the staff here at Paul Rick Baseball and Baseball Dads Podcast. So thank you so much. We would love it if you would leave a five-star rating and a great review of this podcast. That's how it helps us get the word out about the podcast so that other dads can share in this information that we need so much. Also, don't forget to go to Baseball Dads Newsletter where you can get a free trial subscription in our Baseball Dads Newsletter. Again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I can't tell you what it means to us that you would tune in and we're just loving bringing this information to you. So again, thank you so much and we'll see you on the next show. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to let you know I have a new book out specifically for Baseball Dads and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to BaseballDadsBook.com all the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's baseballdadsbook.com. Thanks.